0: Hello everyone and welcome to our latest bonus episode of Holy Week. Today is Good Friday. This is the day we get to the trial and crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. A little show note, it's a little later getting out this morning, I apologize for that, but this was my first day to record since uh, Palm Sunday afternoon, and so I've actually only had two recording sessions, Saturday before Palm Sunday and then Palm Sunday afternoon, and during that time I recorded the first five episodes. Pulling back the curtain there to let you see what's happening. Little Wizard of Oz, reference All right, today we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 27, and we get the delivery of Jesus to Pilate, beginning in verse 1. Now when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pilate, the governor. Then when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned... He felt remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? See to that yourself. And he threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed. And he went away and he hanged himself. The chief priests took the pieces of silver and said, It is not lawful to put them into the temple treasury since it is the price of blood. And they conferred together and with the money bought the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of the one whose price had been set, by the sons of Israel. And they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now, we'll stop there for a second. Once again, Matthew equating The events in Jesus' life to fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. This one is actually uh, fulfillment of Zechariah 11, verse 13. Now we'll continue, beginning in verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor questioned him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? and he did not answer him with regard to even a single charge. So the governor was quite amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the people any one prisoner whom they wanted. At that time they were holding a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message, saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. But the governor said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And They all said, Crucify him. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they kept shouting all the more, saying, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourselves. And all the people said, His blood shall be on us and on our children. And then he released Barabbas for them. But after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Pause there for a moment. as a little historical note. Scourging is, is not just a whipping or a, a simple beating with a cane. What was used there is something that we would refer to today as the cat of nine tails. You had a, a cord, a long strap of, of, of rough leather split into fronds, and in that were pieces of bone and metal and iron and stone, and those were used to rip the flesh. So as the lash would wrap around the body, the torso of the body, they would pull it back. You've seen Indiana Jones films, right? You know what I'm talking about, how the lariat will come around, the, the bullet will come around, say a, say a tree limb, wrap around it, and then you swing across, right? And then when you get back, you have to pull a release on it, and it'll, it'll, it'll come undone. Well, this would occur on the human flesh. But because of all these little pieces that were sharp and jagged, they would get embedded in the flesh, and it would rip them open. Many people died from infection and fever from those open wounds. In some cases, a scourging could be tantamount to a death sentence. So scourging was a, serious, was, a scary, was a very serious criminal punishment. That alone was often all that was done because the scourging could result in death, if not immediately, then within a few hours or days. This would have been the end of it for most people, and this would have been what they would have done for something like this um, in some criminal cases. What, what they do is they compound it because here we're going to have the scourging, and then we're still going to have the crucifixion. Let's return to the scripture, beginning in verse 27, Jesus is led out to Golgotha. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. They stripped him, put a scarlet robe on him, and after twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they knelt down before him and they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him and took the reed and began to beat him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the scarlet robe off him put his own garments back on him, and led him away to crucify him. Now, why do you think Matthew records this little bit of cruelty? You see, up to this point, the Jews had been responsible, for the most part, for submitting him for trial. Uh, they couldn't put him to death themselves, so they had to do it, uh, at, least not, at least not legally. So they had to run through the, the court system of the, the local governor, which was, was Pilate, Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate was a hated man by the Jews. So the fact that the Sadducees and the Pharisees working together, which was also against their better, their normal interests, in conjunction with Pilate, was amazing. It shows both the conservative and the liberal Jews mingling with the Roman occupation force to try to get rid of Jesus. And remember, in the other Gospels, you'll see that the accusations were that he saw himself as being above Rome, as, as being the king of the Jews, as being the son of God, and all the blasphemy and all the other things. I'm staying with Matthew today. I'm not going to have time to read all the related accounts for time's sake, but I wanted to point out that here they're doing a a mockery of the king of kings, the lord of lords, in fact, the one who held their very heartbeats in his hand and gave them breath, gave them life, and their forefathers before them and their descendants afterward. This is God wrapped in flesh on earth, and they're mocking him by sticking a reed in his hand. It's like the scepter of a king, and they're saying, you know, hail the king of the Jews, spitting on him mocking him cursing him and then they beat him with the reed and it says specifically they beat him about the head so they're crushing those thorns and they're going into his scalp embedding into his scalp imagine the pain of that if you've ever had one thorn stuck anywhere in your flesh you know how painful that is and that also can become very infected so you have multiple wounds being inflicted on on the lord of heaven back to the scripture in verse 32 As they were coming out, they found a man of Cyrene named Simon, whom they pressed into service to bear his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, they gave him wine to drink mixed with gall. And after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink. This is a mixture of a vinegar type substance. This would have been for pain. This was wine and vinegar. This would have numbed the pain. And it also would have been very bitter and sour. Tasting, and Jesus refused it. Most people would have accepted it, but he took the pain. Now, verse 35 And when they had crucified him, they divided up his garments among themselves by casting lots, and sitting down, they began to keep watch over him. And above his head, they put up this charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. At that time, two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left, and those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads, and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him and saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God, let God rescue him now. If he delights in him, for he said, I am the Son of God, The robbers who had been crucified with him were also insulting him with the same words. Backtracking just a little bit here, you're having other prophecies fulfilled there. You have Job 16.4, Psalm 22.7, Psalm 109.25, Lamentations 2.15, and you have a similar account found in Mark 15. I want to point something out. We are going to, when you get to those final words of Jesus in just a second, just about two verses from now, that is also from Psalm 22, which we may reference in just a moment. Now we get to Jesus' death, beginning in verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. And this would have been about 3 p.m., 3 in the afternoon. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who were standing there when they heard it began saying, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran, and taking a sponge, he filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave him a drink. But the rest of them said, Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. Um, I must pause there. The veil. This veil was not a simple piece of cloth. It was a heavily woven fabric, it's, uh, several inches thick. You couldn't tear it by hand. And the fact that it's torn from top to bottom, you have to realize how tall the, the veil was thought to be, that shows that it's a miracle. It's rent from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom up. No one was up there tearing it. God himself did it. And now back to Scripture in verse 52. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, that means they were deceased, they're dead, were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. So they walk into Jerusalem, the dead. These had to be fairly recently dead in order for people to know, first off, that we know them, and they were dead, and they've come out of their tombs. So imagine this. and It says they were the saints, so these are the true believers. Right, so these are, these are godly Jews who had been in, in, faith with, in, in faith and in covenant with Yahweh, and they get to see these events. They walk in during this time. Imagine the horror for some of their family members. And how do you explain that? There's no other explanation for it than this truly was Christ. He was the Messiah. And by the way, Christ, Christos, Greek, it just means anointed one. It's the same as Mashiach or Messiah in Hebrew. 54. Now the centurion and those who were with him, keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening, became very frightened and said, Truly this was the Son of God. Many women were there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee while ministering to him. Among them was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. And so we'll stop there for today. I want to, with the death of Christ, I want to... Go backwards now to Psalm 22, as I said, because Psalm 22 is a psalm attributed to the King David, and it's a song of praise, but it's also a song of anguish, a cry of anguish, and it's often been recognized by scholars as a messianic prophecy. And again, almost word for word, certain portions of it are fulfilled in the death of Jesus in the day of his crucifixion. Listen to the language of this in the very first verse. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sound familiar? Yes, we just heard Jesus cry that out on the cross. Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. In other words, I'm in pain and yet it won't end, it won't stop. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. This is the the abandonment issue in which the son feels abandoned by the father, but it was the purpose in the crucifixion. And by night, but I have no rest, yet you are holy, still praising God the father. O oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel, in you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered, in you they trusted and were not disappointed. The past accomplishments of God and all the things he has done for his people. But I'm a worm and not a man. This desperation of a, of a disfigured and, and abused, bloodied man dying on a cross. A reproach of men. And they were reproaching him, Right? despised by the people, and they were despising him. All who see me sneer at me. They separate with the lip. They wag the head, saying, Commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver you. Is this not perfect? In the way it just, I know I'm getting excited here, but the way it was just completely fulfilled in Matthew's account, right? They said, yeah, commit yourself to the Lord, right? It's almost word for word. You know, you you say the Lord loves you. Let him deliver you. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. Again, that's another quote. You say he delights that the, the God delights in you. Well, Yahweh delights in you. Well, cry out to him and let him save you. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when, when upon my mother's breast. Upon you I, have, I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. Now again, this is David crying out for mercy as well, but yet in it is a prophecy of Christ. These things are only fully fulfilled in Christ. For there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me, and my strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. Remember, he is, his body is basically becoming desiccated. He's losing all of his liquid. Blood is pouring out his life's blood. His body's out of joint. Because his muscles are stretched out the way that you were crucified. It was so that you were out of joint. It was incredibly painful just to breathe. The idea of the tongue cleaving to his jaws means that he was thirsting. And you lay me in the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The band of evildoers has encompassed me. Stop there. Dogs. Who are the dogs? What did Jesus say? Should I give meat to the dogs? And What does the lady at the well say? Well, even, even the dogs can deserve a crumb. I'm sorry, that was not the woman at the well. I'm sorry, that was a different, different event. But the woman cries out and says, but even a dog can have, can have the crumbs. She was asking for deliverance for someone in her family. And she was a, a Gentile woman. He referred to the Gentiles as dogs because that's what the Jews did. And so he is saying he's been surrounded by dogs. Who's surrounding him? The Roman soldiers and their centurion, their leader. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. This is obviously an account of crucifixion. I can count all my bones. They look. They stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. What did the soldiers do? The only thing he had of any value was his outer, outer garment, his cloak, and they were, they were casting lots for it. They were means they were playing, rolling like dice. They were playing a gambling game and making bets on who could get it, and whoever got it would walk away with it. And they did this a lot. They would, t- they would get be allowed to take the personal effects of those they crucified. Because crucifixion was for common criminals like these robbers, as it says, that were on either side of them, the two dying thieves, but also for political prisoners. But you, O oh Lord, be not far off. O oh, you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Once again about the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. From the horns of the wild oxen you answer me. I will tell of your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly I will praise you, you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him, and stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to help for him, he heard, From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship, and those who go down to the dust will bow before him, even he who cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation, they will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. Dude, there is... <laughs> I used colloquialism there when I said, dude, sorry. Showing my, my 80s generation right there. Uh, guys, that's... I'm Sorry, I got excited. That That's good stuff, man. That is Some of that is yet to come. That is still future. What he's seeing in the future is all the praises that will come to the Lord because of this. All the people. It says... To a people who will be born. He's this this looking to the future. Those that are going to come in through Christ and be saved. That He has performed it. Everything is of, of God. It's, none of it is of us. Well, I'm going to let it go there. I'm going to start preaching. And that's not my role. <laughs> Folks, I wish you a very safe and happy Good Friday. We'll have two more episodes to come. We'll have a small one tomorrow on set for Saturday. And then we'll have Easter Sunday morning. I'll have them posted. And I'll try to get them posted earlier than I did today. Okay? Thank you very much and God bless.